It's August 9th. You're listening to the President's Daily Brief. I'm your host and former CIA officer, Brian Dean Wright. Your morning intel starts now. Today is a special edition of the PDB, and that's because of what happened yesterday in Florida. The home of former President Donald Trump was raided by the FBI. So today we are going to talk about that, what we know and what we don't. But most especially, I'm going to discuss the central question that you and me and all other Americans are now going to have to wrestle with. Do you trust the FBI? Because if the answer is yes, then this development in Florida yesterday doesn't bother you much. It's standard procedure for an FBI that is professional, just doing their jobs as the rules and the law allow. But is that true? Is there anything in the recent past that might give a reasonable person pause about the FBI? And if so, that might suggest that this raid and this investigation is anything but proper or legal. So that is what we're going to wrestle with this morning as this major story develops. And as always, I will offer up one more thing before I let you go. A note today from Lindsay in Oregon. And it's a question that I really love. It's about hope, which perhaps is something that we could all use this morning. But first, let's get started with today's main brief. There are many more questions than answers this morning, but here's what we know. President Trump's home in Mar-a-Lago, Florida, was raided by a large team of FBI agents late yesterday. The raid was allegedly over the former president having classified information in the basement of his home. Now, this case goes back to last January, when the National Archives took 15 boxes of documents and other items from that home in Florida because they said all that stuff should have been left at the White House or turned over to them a long time ago. And that has fueled allegations that Trump had violated the Presidential Records Act. Now, that act requires the preservation of a variety of things related to a president's official duties. Now, it also raised questions about whether Trump had classified information outside of a secure setting. So does any of this have merit? Well, in the coming days and weeks and months, I'm sure, we will all be looking very closely at this case, asking lots of questions. For instance, since Trump had the power of declassification, in fact, any president can declassify whatever they want for whatever reason, well, why is that not applicable here if, in fact, there was classified on his person, or that is to say, in the basement of his home? Meanwhile, how is whatever Trump took any different than any of his predecessors, like Obama or Clinton? And and speaking of, Hillary Clinton had lots of classified information on her private servers in her home. You all may remember that story. But she wasn't raided. No charges were ever filed. So why the double standard if, in fact, that fits here? Anyway, lots of questions to ask and answer here. And ultimately, you all will have to decide if the facts show a violation of the law or whether yesterday's raid was appropriate. But making that assessment really depends on whether or not that you believe and indeed can trust the facts that the FBI shares in their statements, in their affidavits, and so forth. So let's talk about the behavior of the FBI in the recent past to help guide that choice about whether or not you trust the nation's highest law enforcement officials. First, let's go back in time to 2016. Because that is really the foundational piece to everything that we need to talk about this morning. 
In that year, we learned something very important about FBI leadership and the 36,000 employees that work there. Now, most of us remember the name James Comey. He served as the director of the FBI during a good portion of President Trump's time in office. Now, in the days just before Trump became president, James Comey briefed both Trump and then-President Barack Obama on Russian interference in the 2016 elections. Now, Comey briefed material to Trump and Obama that included a summary of what we now refer to as the Steele dossier. Now, that dossier was a collection of stories provided to the FBI that put forth a grand conspiracy that Donald Trump had these tawdry relations with Russian escorts, and he was blackmailed into a secret relationship with Moscow. He was, in other words, a Russian spy. Now, even at the time, James Comey knew, the FBI knew, that the allegations in the Steele dossier were garbage. They had actually investigated them and found them without credibility. The CIA assisted in that investigation too, and they found nothing. Meanwhile, the FBI came to discover that the dossier's author, a man named Christopher Steele, who's a British spy, well, he was lying to them, and his sources were unreliable. He became totally discredited, and so too were his allegations of Trump treason. In fact, we now know that the entire affair of Mr. Steele and his dossier, well, that was all cooked up by the Clinton campaign to damage then-candidate Donald Trump. But still, Comey briefed this Steele dossier knowing it was garbage. The question is, why? Well, Comey knew that the dossier was out there circulating in D.C. to include with journalists, and none of them are running any stories on it because they believed that either it wasn't credible or too outlandish to prove. But that changed once Comey briefed the dossier to both Obama and Trump. That gave the media justification to start running stories. In other words, that the FBI and the CIA both thought that the dossier was important enough to brief it. Now, that probably doesn't sound right to you, and, and you would be correct. It's illogical and nonsensical to brief and share something that wasn't true. So why did Comey do it? Well, he has said that he just wanted Trump and Obama to be aware of these allegations, that they were out there, and that they might go public. But I can tell you, though, that this is absolutely not standard protocol at all. You do not, as an FBI or CIA officer, brief false rumors from a discredited source to the president or president-elect. You just don't do it. But brief it, he did. In fact, he briefed it so widely to so many that at the time, even the Washington Post, which of course is a leftist or Democrat newspaper, asked this question. Why did Comey brief the dossier to so many, virtually assuring that it would leak? Yes, that's it. The answer is actually in the question. You brief it in order to leak it, and then your briefing becomes the story. And what a story it became. It launched a national hysteria of Russian collusion. But James Comey wasn't done. What we now know from the Inspector General report into Comey's actions is that the FBI director, Mr. Comey, went on to leak again. This time, sensitive internal notes that he took as FBI director in his conversations with Trump at the White House. And he leaked those notes to the New York Times. 
And he did that again, leaked for a second time, because as the inspector general said, he wanted to, quote, create public pressure for official action, end quote. In other words, he wanted to force Congress to appoint Robert Mueller to keep up the Trump-Russia investigation, despite there being no evidence for it. But it worked. Comey's second leak to the New York Times got the Mueller investigation. Now, I want you to listen closely to what the inspector general said of Comey's actions. He put this in his report, and I implore you to listen to these words, once again, from the inspector general. Comey set a dangerous example for the over 36,000 current FBI employees and the many thousands more of former FBI employees who similarly have access to or knowledge of non-public information and may use that for their own partisan goals. In other words, the Inspector General of the Department of Justice warned that James Comey may have weaponized the FBI into a place where 36,000 very powerful people could use their power to do whatever they'd like, irrespective of rules and laws. And worse yet, James Comey was never charged with his crime. He got off scot-free. In fact, he's gone on to write books. He engages in public speaking tours. And folks, he even teaches a class on ethics. He profited from his dangerous example. And that takes us to the very important question of whether or not you should trust the FBI. I want you to ask yourself this morning, how many of those 36,000 FBI employees have embraced Comey's dangerous example and gone rogue? Uh, do we have one? Do we have 10? How about a thousand different cases of that? Folks, do we now have an FBI that is so corrupt that it is targeting Trump again and rendering the Bureau is not a tool for law and order, but for political and personal revenge? We're going to talk about the evidence that such a thing is actually happening, these rogue agents, all when we come back right after this. Who is there for the families left behind when a service member or first responder dies or is catastrophically injured in the line of duty? Who is helping our nation's homeless veterans? And who is helping our nation keep its vow to never forget 9-11? I'll tell you who. The Tunnel to Towers Foundation. The foundations in the line of duty programs honor our nation's heroes and their families. That includes its Gold Star, Fallen First Responder, Smart Home, and Homeless Veteran programs. The foundation's Never Forget programs engage people in 9-11 Remembrance Across America, over 80 runs, walks, and climbs a year, dozens of golf outings and barbecues, and the Tunnel to Towers 9-11 Institute is helping to educate kids in kindergarten through 12th grade about our nation's darkest day, 9-11. More than 95 cents of every dollar you donate to Tunnel to Towers goes to its programs. This charity keeps its word and honors our nation's greatest heroes. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T.org. Hey, Mike Baker here. Did you know that a recent survey found that 7 in 10 parents get an average of 3 hours of sleep a night in their baby's first year? I don't know, that sounds like, like a lot more sleep than we got during our baby's first year. Mothers, you deserve quality sleep. And here's how you can make that happen. Cozy Earth. Discover the secret to better sleep with Cozy Earth's luxurious bedding products. And now here's an exclusive Mother's Day. Don't forget Mother's Day is coming up. It's a Mother's Day offer just for our listeners. Use code PDB. For 35% off at CozyEarth.com. Cozy Earth bedding products are crafted with temperature-regulating technology. 
It's adapting to your body's needs through all phases of motherhood. They use only the very best fabrics, materials, and weaves, offering superior softness that invites you to sink into a world of comfort. We use these sheets of the Baker Compound, and I am telling you, they are terrific. And Cozy Earth stands by the quality and longevity of its products. Enjoy a 100-night sleep trial and a 10-year warranty on all purchases. That's a 10-year warranty. Built to last through the hardest days and the longest nights of motherhood. Incorporating Cozy Earth products into your self-care routine can enhance sleep quality and overall wellness. This Mother's Day, treat your mom to the luxury, come on, she deserves with Cozy Earth bedding and sleepwear. Head over to CozyEarth.com and use promo code PDB for 35% off. After placing your order, select Podcast in the survey and then select PDB in the drop-down menu that follows. Welcome back, folks, to the PDB. This morning, we are talking about the FBI's raid of former President Donald Trump's home in Florida. Though we still have much to learn about the particulars of the raid, there's one thing that reasonable people are wrestling with this morning. Can we trust that the FBI will do the right thing here, follow the rules and the laws, or do we have reason to doubt? Well, let's explore a couple of examples. One that starts with our current president, in fact, and connects all the way back to James Comey himself. As I speak with you this morning, the FBI and the U.S. Attorney's Office in Delaware are conducting an investigation into Hunter Biden, who, of course, is the son of Joe Biden. Now, that investigation has three components, a tax investigation, a money laundering investigation, and a foreign lobbying investigation. Now, that inquiry started because of suspicious bank transfers, probably back in 2018, and then really got going when Hunter Biden forgot his laptop in a repair shop. And that laptop from hell, as some people describe it, has all kinds of alarming things on it, to include that his father, Joe Biden, was getting a 10% cut of Hunter's foreign business dealings. Meanwhile, Joe Biden has claimed that the laptop is either fake or that he's never even talked to his son about his business dealings. Now, we know that both of those statements are lies. Even the Democrat newspapers New York Times and Washington Post have acknowledged that the laptop is real and that Joe Biden has, in fact, spoken with his son about his business dealings. So where that investigation of Hunter Biden goes, I don't know. But we do know this. Whistleblowers have told Congress that at least one of the FBI agents involved in that investigation of Hunter Biden is a deeply political man. Special Agent Timothy Timbalt has posted or liked a lot of different social media accounts and articles that promoted or liked Barack Obama and Joe Biden while criticizing Donald Trump and other Republicans. According to whistleblowers who took their concerns to Congress, that same FBI officer ordered closed a part of the investigation into Hunter Biden, even though all of the reporting was either verified or verifiable via criminal search warrants. Now, he closed part of that investigation without providing a valid reason for doing so, even though that is a requirement by FBI rules. And then, he tried to improperly mark the matter inside of FBI computer systems so that it could never be opened again. Now, Mr. Thibault is now himself under investigation by the U.S. Office of Special Counsel for these various actions. Meanwhile, we also have the curious case of one of Mr. Thibault's colleagues, an FBI official named Brian Auten. And he's also involved in the Hunter Biden investigation. In fact, he opened a part of the investigation back in 2020. 
Now, of the many things that we know about Mr. Otten, one of them is this. He was deeply involved in the Trump-Russia investigation and has claimed that the Steele dossier that I mentioned earlier, the one that they knew was absolute garbage, well, he said that the dossier and its allegations gave him, quote, no pains or heartburn, end quote. And yet, he interviewed at least one of the dossier's actual sources who said that the former British spy Christopher Steele fabricated or misstated what he said. Plus, this same Mr. Auten helped write the brief that James Comey gave to Trump and Obama about the Steele dossier, again, despite knowing that the dossier's information was verified junk. In other words, this suggests that Mr. Auten is either dumb as a box of rocks or he is playing political games just like Mr. Comey. Finally, consider another FBI official and colleague of the two men that I just mentioned. This fellow's name is Kevin Kleinsmith. He is a former FBI attorney who, working with Mr. Auden and others, lied to a judge in order to continue surveillance on a former Trump official who was absolutely innocent. Now, Mr. Kleinsmith has since been fired from the FBI and he pled guilty to criminal charges. Look, folks, there are a number of other cases that I could raise for you showing probable or confirmed political bias by FBI officials. So James Comey, for instance, as I've mentioned, now frequently writes for the Washington Post, a leftist newspaper. Former FBI Deputy Director Andrew McCabe was fired for leaking information to the press and then lying about it to the FBI, but he went on to be a contributor at CNN. So I could talk to you endlessly about cases. Now, we could also put aside the issue of political bias and instead just focus on abuse of authority. Like in Michigan recently, where FBI agents incited a group of men who were drunk and stoned most of the time to talk about kidnapping the governor. And then they actually charged them for it during their drunken stupors, charged them with terrorism. Well, a judge first tossed out some of those charges, and then a jury found two of them not guilty, and the other two, they declared a mistrial. And that case, by the way, involves all sorts of FBI law-breaking and debauchery. If you want to look into it sometime, you really should. It's absolutely jaw-dropping at what the FBI has become. But look, at some point, your head just starts spinning with all of these examples, and it takes us back to the main questions. Do you trust the FBI? And have they given you reason to doubt them? In other words, do you share the inspector general's concerns that some of the 36,000 FBI employees have followed the dangerous example set by James Comey and weaponized their jobs to do as they please? And could that culture of partisan witch hunts have affected or, or even led to the raid on President Trump's home in Florida yesterday? These are now the questions that you have to wrestle with and, and that America has to wrestle with because the stakes are enormous. We've got a major election coming up in 90 days and we have a country to govern. And that's why if I were briefing you in the White House this morning, my counsel would be this. It is time to break up the FBI. That's not to say that the mission of the Bureau isn't important. It is. The FBI opens up a counterintelligence case against China or a Chinese-related concern every 12 hours. There are terrorists still in this country. Uh, we have drug cartel activity, human trafficking, and of course, official corruption. But it's that last bit, official corruption, that in my opinion has led to its undoing. Because we now have case after case of FBI officials putting their thumbs on the scale of justice in favor of one politician or one political party 
over another. And, you know, folks, I don't even care if, if one person likes Trump or not, because this issue is so much bigger than him. This is about whether the American people have faith that the FBI can carry out its mission without favor, without bias. And it can't. Not consistently. That's what the record shows. From Comey to Kleinsmith, from Auten to Thimbolt, we have a steady stream of examples of FBI officials involved in the most sensitive of cases, either taking inappropriate or unlawful action or doing nothing at all. In other words, folks, you'd absolutely now have reason to believe that the inspector general was right. There are 36,000 FBI employees who saw the dangerous example of James Comey breaking rules and laws and not just getting away with it, but profiting from it. And some of them are now doing the same. Folks, you don't salvage a culture like that. You get rid of it. And then you start over with one very important goal, reestablish trust. Because if you can do that, and then if you need to have a raid on a former president's home, well, people know that you're doing the right thing, not for you or your party, but for the country. And with that, one more thing before I let you go. Lindsay from Oregon wrote in, she asked about hope, which as I read it, seemed like a pretty good way to end today's brief. We'll be right back. Mike Baker here. I want to take just a minute to talk about something of real importance to you and your family's financial well-being, and that's life insurance. Look, I know it's not everyone's favorite topic, and, and a lot of folks avoid talking about it or they put it off thinking it's too costly or too complicated or you'll get to it some other day. And it's true. Finding the right policy on your own can be time-consuming and complex. But I'm here to tell you, life insurance is an important safety net for your family. And that's why I'm happy to tell you about Policy Genius. Policy Genius is the country's leading online insurance marketplace. It saves you time and money so you can provide your family with a financial safety net starting today. With Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just $292 per year for a million dollars of coverage. Some options offer same day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. Now, for me, having an appropriate life insurance policy. Well, it means less stress, less worry. I know that my amazing wife and our kids will be properly taken care of and provided for should something happen to me. Now, back when I was in the market for life insurance, and that was a while back, I did my searching the old-fashioned way. Lots of telephone calls, paperwork, faxes, maybe even a beeper. I would have loved to have Policy Genius to streamline the whole process. Policy Genius helps you compare all your options from top companies and provides a team of unbiased, licensed experts to walk you through the decision-making. You can compare quotes with just a few clicks, find just the right policy, and Bob's your uncle. And they've got thousands of five-star reviews on Google and Trustpilot from customers who found the best fit for their needs. Check life insurance off your to-do list in no time with Policy Genius. Head to PolicyGenius.com or click the link in the description to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you could save. That's PolicyGenius.com. Hey, Mike Baker here. Well, once again, Pure Talk is investing in their customers out of their own pocket without charging an extra penny. Now, you've heard me talk about Pure Talk before, right? How they provide excellent coverage and service with industry-beating rates. And now, I'm happy to announce that Pure Talk is also providing international roaming to over 50 countries. That's right. As you plan your summer travel, make sure your wireless provider has you covered at home and abroad. 
Pure Talk already puts you on America's most dependable 5G network, but now they're giving you coverage in over 50 countries as well. Unlimited talk, text, and plenty of 5G data for just $20 a month. Look, that's less than half the price of Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile. Bring your phone, and Pure Talk's eSIM technology makes switching so simple. Or you can get great savings on the latest iPhones and Androids. Make the switch to the cell phone company that I know will provide you with outstanding service and value, Pure Talk. Just go to puretalk.com slash baker, that's B-A-K-E-R, just like you imagined, to start saving today. And when you do, you'll save an additional 50% off your first month. Again, visit puretalk.com slash baker to start saving on wireless at home and abroad. All right, ladies and gentlemen, one more thing before I let you go. Lindsay from Oregon wrote in asking about hope. So here's what she said. Brian, love the podcast. I always learn something interesting. But there are times when I feel a little bit overwhelmed, like the world has so many problems and it's just impossible to fix it all. So how do you stay hopeful or are you hopeful? Well, this is a very well-timed question and I am really, really grateful to have gotten it, Lindsay. So yes, I am hopeful. Am I frustrated, angry, worried? (laughs) Yes, all of those things, especially right now. But still, I'm hopeful. Now, let me tell you a story why. When I was posted abroad, I was in a country that had an astronomical rate of HIV. Some towns were 80% positive, 80% HIV positive. And the drugs to manage this disease were really hard to come by, very expensive. And testing was tough too. There was a lot of social shame and stigma. Well, every single day I heard funeral processions pass by my office, people who obviously had died of uh, HIV complications, AIDS. There were multiple processions every hour of every day of every month that I was there. One night I had supper with a Catholic priest and I was talking to him about what was happening in the country. And he'd been there for many years. And I'd said to him, Father, this country is a wreck. Corruption is endemic. There's no rule of law. It's tribal. The economy, it's complete tatters. Poverty, endemic. People are dying from a disease that many people don't even want to talk about, even acknowledge. So it seems hopeless. So how do you reach people? How do you preach to people, these souls, knowing all the awfulness around you? And here's what he said, and, I'm, and I will never forget it. First, he said, you have to organize a plan for the problems. You have to come up with solutions, then organize around them, and just keep pushing. There are good days, and there are bad days. Probably more bad than good. But you have to keep pushing. And yes, there are days when you probably feel like it's a lost cause, but on those days, you remind yourself of hope. You keep hopeful. Because without hope... What's left? What's the alternative? That's why I choose to hope. Now, he went on to describe his faith in God as a central part of that hope. You know, it's the good news. And for those of us who are Christian, I think we get that pretty clearly. But I I confess that his answer, it made me feel pretty ashamed and pretty embarrassed. Because, of course, he was right. We have to be engaged and involved. And without hope, That's really an absence of God in many ways. So I don't pretend to be a pastor or a priest. So maybe my theology is off here. But what I know is that his response humbled me and it empowered me. I've got to be a part of the solution. 
Work with friends and neighbors to solve stuff, even when it's hard, especially when it's hard. And during those hard days, I can't lose hope, right? I'm not going to lose God, as he would say, because without that hope, what else is there? And that, ladies and gentlemen, concludes your morning brief. As always, we close out the show reminding each other of why we are here, talking about our country and our world. It's the creed of every good spy and every smart American. It's from John chapter 8, verse 32. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Good day. Hey, Mike Baker here. Well, spring is in full swing. And for millions of folks, that means yard work and gardening. Am I right? Now, here's a pro tip for those of you looking to spruce up your landscaping. Fast Growing Trees is the largest online nursery in the U.S. They've got over 10,000 plant varieties and millions of satisfied customers. Save yourself the time and trouble of multiple trips to those crowded nurseries. You know what I'm talking about. Fast Growing Trees is a complete time saver. From fruit trees to houseplants, they have it all, and it's delivered right to your doorstep. Plus, their plant experts are always available for advice. They can tell you what grows best in your area, how to plant, when to plant. It's like having your own expert gardener. And here's the best part. This spring, they have up to half off on select plants. And listeners to the President's Daily Brief can get an extra 15% off by using promo code PDB at checkout. So go to FastGrowingTrees.com and use promo code PDB at checkout. What is the No Spin News all about? You know that this is a fact-based analysis news program. You know that. We avoid speculation. We don't do conspiracies here. We don't do party politics here. We're not nonpartisan. That's wrong. Not that. Okay, we are advocates for a stronger America and a more just society. We don't believe in communism. We don't believe in socialism. We don't believe in nihilism. We don't believe in the progressive woke culture. We think it is un-American. We don't support that. So you should know what we are, and it would then crystallize what we do. Listen to the No Spin News. Subscribe to Bill O'Reilly's podcast feed wherever podcasts are available.